0: Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out The Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Method's manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of The Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com chick. That's winggirlmethod.com chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we dive into a topic that I don't think we've ever covered before. Jealousy, how it can hurt you, how it can help you, and how you can use it to create more fun in your dating life. So keep listening.
1: Welcome to the Ask Women podcast, where you get so much great advice. I'm your host, Kristen Carney, along with Marnie Kinris. You guys know us by now. And today we have Molly from the soulmateexperience.com website, which is amazing because it's Molly and her partner, Joe, who talk about everything soulmates. So we're going to talk, you know, soulmates, but I know we're going to get into talking about jealousy, which we've not talked too much about before.
0: I don't think we've talked about it at all.
1: No, I don't think so either, really, which is strange. We've done so many episodes. But anyway, Molly, thanks for joining us. And we're looking forward to getting jealous over you and Marnie's great conversation that I'm just going to have to sit in <gasps> and listen
2: to. Sure. I mean, jealousy is one of my very favorite topics. I love it. <laughs> so I'm happy about this. I
0: love it. Well, I was saying to you before, like as Kristen just said, we've never discussed this on our show, but it is one of the key repellents for women. And I do, like. I'm kicking myself that it's never been brought up for us. But we've never really had an expert come on and talk about it. So I would love you to just explain a little bit about jealousy, because really it's not an emotion that I understand, but obviously you've done a lot of research into it. So I'd love to just hear like, what is jealousy? Why
2: does it exist for us? Right, right. Well, I like to classify jealousy as two different types. And what we call it is irrational jealousy versus rational jealousy. I love that. Rational jealousy is I've been with a partner. I found out he was cheating on me. I feel betrayed. I feel angry. I feel totally don't know what to do about this. And I'm going to come at him with what I call rational jealousy. There's a reason for you to be feeling this way. Irrational jealousy is the common type, the much more common type, which is where does this come from? It's We're acting out of insecurities, fears about what might happen in the future. And we want the person that we're feeling jealous about to solve this problem for us. We're feeling like it's their fault I'm feeling this way. And you need to do something about this to make me stop feeling this way.
1: Well, I know women have had like dreams about men doing things. And I'm sure men have had the dreams too. But Women will have dreams about a man doing something that he hasn't done and then be mad at him the next day for doing that thing.
2: That's irrational, obviously. Absolutely. I've even had those dreams and I wake up and tell Joe and I say, I'm really mad at you right now because of this (laughs) dream I had about you. (laughs) And I think that's one of the key things we'll get into about how to diffuse it is being able to shine some light on it like that and put it out in the open about what I'm feeling and why I think I'm feeling that way. Well, I definitely want to get into that. But can we talk maybe a little bit more about male
0: jealousy specifically? And I know that, you know, this isn't your specialty of looking at different genders and their levels of jealousy. But since the audience is male, I want to speak to them. Can we talk about like male jealousy? And then also the three of us can have a conversation about how females react to men Mm -hmm. acting jealous.
2: So I do, I've coached quite a number of men recently on jealousy that destroyed their relationships. That's how serious can be. Even when nothing's going on, when we dig down into it and analyze what was going on in that relationship and where it was all coming from, there was nothing. There were no signs to be, red flags to worry about. It was all coming from where? Number one, conditioning. We've been taught to respond with jealousy if we're feeling insecure. We watch movies where if another man walks into the room, we have to be on guard and watch that our woman isn't attracted to that and be careful and make sure. And all of the stuff that we've learned from condition, if we look back at the movies that we watched when we were younger, the shows that we watched and the examples that were given to us, and we just take them in, we can also look, I also like people to look at their family history What did your parents do? What did the family friends do? What did you learn when you were young about how to respond when you're feeling insecure, uncomfortable about something? Right,
0: that's interesting. Why is this the automatic for most of us? Is it because we have lack of communication and lack of understanding? Like for me, I just talked about this last night. I had a girlfriend over for dinner and we were talking because we're raising boys and just saying how when we were brought up, if there was anything that happened in our household, there was no discussion about it afterwards, right? There was no explaining or talking about our emotions where she and I like overly communicate with our children and they understand my perspective and I understand their perspective. Do you think it's because there's just like all this gray area for so many people so they decide to come up with their own conclusions? Is that what, what has happened?
2: Well, some people theorize that there's an evolutionary instinct, right? That we want to protect what's ours. but There's a lot of researchers who have a good reason to not believe that it's evolutionary, that it's more societal, that it's what we've learned just on our condition. Because they look at other societies where jealousy almost doesn't exist. Like where? You know, I can't remember specific ones, but little tribes and enclaves that haven't been so influenced by Western culture that have more of an egalitarian, like, everybody's okay the way they are. There's enough for everybody. We don't have to be fighting it out. If you look at our condition, it's been the total opposite. Absolutely.
0: It's all about hierarchy and like who has more and who can get more and how can we shove people down? Mm -hmm. So
2: that makes complete sense. Right, right. So if we can look at what our imagined threats are, especially if you're a man and you've had to, if you've noticed that you yourself have been a problem in the relationship of getting jealous and the woman you're with is saying, there's nothing you need to worry about. We're just friends. That's one sign is you don't like your woman to have male friends. No, we got to look at why is that? What are you afraid of? And be willing to dig deep and look at yourself and look at your fears and your insecurities and pull them out into the open, if not with somebody else, at least for yourself and be honest about what you're afraid of and give yourself some sympathy about this. Be empathetic with yourself that this is what you've been taught. This is how you've been taught to behave when you're feeling threatened. So, okay, I want to rewire that. So, I want to take a look at what I'm thinking in that situation. If you go back into that situation you were in, what were you telling yourself? That's a very typical one. We're out at a restaurant. The woman I'm with suddenly sees, oh, there's a man over there I used to date. I'm going to go say hi. Like that might be a highly triggering, threatening, triggering situation for you, right? I like when that happens for me, I'm just going to give where you could get to with this. If that happens to me and we're out and Joe sees somebody who's today and he's going to go say hi, I'm like thrilled. Thrilled. This yes. is the moment. Thrilled. Absolutely thrilled. Okay. Why I want to mention this is I want to talk about what's possible when we get a handle on our jealousy, when we know how to control it instead of letting it control us. We can be in a position where a little bit of jealousy is an exciting thing because it, that emotion It's psychologically exciting. All of the same things happen in your body when you're jealous that happen when you're sexually excited or excited for any reason. You know, the heart rate responds, the blood pressure, things get going, things get moving. In a long-term relationship, you want to be able to generate that excitement. And this is one tool we have for doing that. Yeah,
0: I know. But that's a much better way of looking at it rather than the attack on the other side. Can I ask you, were you jealous before? Like or, <laughs> very. <laughs> oh,
2: really?
0: So you actually cleaned yourself oh, yeah. and reprogrammed yourself to now be thrilled. Oh yeah. Because you've seen it as a benefit.
2: I remember the specific incident that got me very interested in why am I behaving this way? I was probably nineteen and dating a guy who was a few years older. I was looking all forward all week. I was in college to our date on Saturday nights, and I drove out to his place and I got there and he met me in his kitchen. He says, I have something exciting for us to do tonight. I got two free tickets, front row tickets to the John Denver concert. i right. oh. <laughs> like, I don't have any interest in John Denver. I don't want to see this. I was 19, right? right? I didn't know. <laughs> this guy's a legend in his own time. And I said, I don't want to do that. I want to do something else. He's like, these are front row seats to the John Denver concert. And I said, I'm not going. He says, you know, I'm going to call up my old girlfriend, Debbie, oh. because she would love to go to this. And I was so upset at that moment. I actually threw my fist through his kitchen window, right through the window. Glass goes everywhere. I'm bleeding on my hand. So Ron takes me to the kitchen sink and he's washing my hand and picking the glass out. And he's still going, you know, I'm sorry, (laughs) but I'm not going to turn this opportunity down. And at that moment, I saw in his refrigerator, Debbie and her phone number the word Debbie and her phone number. And I just memorized the number. I say, okay, fine. Have a great time. I leave and I go call Debbie. And I said, my boyfriend, Ron, she just talked to him. It's apparently going to take you to a concert tonight. She goes, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm like, and I told her the situation. And she says, oh, she felt really bad for me. I said, I said, how about you just meet for a drink instead of going to this concert? And she agreed to do it. Wow. Yeah, so- Poor Ron, who doesn't have a date or whatever. I don't ever know what actually happened to him, but she and I well, go I saw John
0: out. Denver, probably. I but. think he <laughs> saw
2: John Denver. So yeah. we go out and I'm talking to her. And it came pretty clear to me after a while that they were good friends and they hadn't dated very long, but they were really good friends and they really shared this love of music and they went mm. to concerts together. And I started to feel really bad. That not mm-hmm. only about him, but even more about her, that I'd prevented her from going to this, see this legend. I know. Front that's row crazy seats. That she
0: did that. That's amazing. That's
2: I know. crazy, actually,
0: but it's wonderful. That's
2: kind of the girl code, right? Yeah. She was responding to me feeling upset and jealous. Yeah. But I left that meeting with her thinking, this was a terrible thing for me to do. Right? Years later, whenever I hear, you know, take me home country roads. I'm like, I should have seen this guy, right? I had the opportunity to see this guy. Why didn't I get to see him? Because I was irrationally jealous. Mm -hmm. I was imagining, oh, you know, first of all, had it in my mind, culturally conditioned that a guy I'm seeing should never be friends with an ex-girlfriend, should never go out on a date with another woman if he's with me, all of those kinds of really common beliefs. But look what it did. It kept me from seeing this guy and eventually from seeing John Denver and kept this woman from seeing him. And that was when I really was like, I need to look at why, why I just behaved like that so intensely upset. Well, so what I want to talk with you now is for guys,
0: what are the first couple of steps to like tame this jealousy? And then we're going to take a break after that. And then after the break, I want to talk about how men can communicate these irrational emotions to women and not come across as crazy or needy.
2: Right, right, right. So number one is to learn not to let jealousy control your words or actions. Mm -hmm. That sounds easy. It's a tall order, but it is so powerful when you remind yourself that when I start feeling this way, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm not going to act out of this emotion. I'm not going to let it control me. I'm going to take a few deep breaths. I'm going to sit quietly. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to feel this rage that's coming up. But I'm also going to look at what's the real cause? What am I telling myself? That's number two.
0: Like, how do you look at it? Because I've had to do this in my own coaching recently. and I, I actually needed a definition of looking at it. So maybe you could walk guys through how exactly to do that.
2: So let's go back to that situation with him. If I had had this perspective, which I can't imagine that I'd be able to stop myself at that point because I was so enraged. But to just stop for a second and like, what am I afraid of? What am I afraid of? I'm afraid he's going to go have sex with this ex-girlfriend. That was probably it. I want to be able to look at that. And I want to then examine how reasonable an idea that is. Is it reasonable for me to think that? Well, I don't have a lot of information, but I could have gathered some by talking to Ron about it. Like, explain this to me. I'm confused why you would want to call your ex-girlfriend. And if I'd listened to him say, it's really important. I hadn't been dating him very long. It's really important for me to see this when I have the opportunity and she and I go see shows sometimes together. I didn't have any of that information. Yes.
0: And to be honest, you guys were quite young. I'm going to guess that I mean, this happens for my husband as well. When I'm sort of anxious about something, that gets passed on to him. So he can't always give me clear answers because he's like, what should I say? What should I not say to like make it easier on her? So right, yeah, so you may not have gotten the answers that you want.
2: Right, right. Today, it would be totally different, right? If I were in a dating situation and I felt myself getting jealous, this process is almost automatic to me. First of all, I'm not going to act out of this. Second of all, I'm going to question myself. What are you afraid of? What's going on inside of you? What are you telling yourself? Even if the voice is way back there, it's back there. It's the cause of the jealousy. This person is not the cause of the jealousy. I'm the cause of my jealousy. How do I know that? Let's say I get upset when I see my boyfriend, Joe, talking to another woman. If I weren't there to see that and didn't know that was going on, I wouldn't feeling jealous. He could be doing it, no jealousy. Why? Because it's not his action that causes the jealousy. It's what I tell myself about his action. Mm, That's very interesting.
0: That's so important for guys to hear because I think the main message that you're saying is that it can be controlled within you. It doesn't have to be suppressed, but you can learn to tame it so that you understand where it comes from. And then Also figure out how you want to communicate about it. Because sometimes it can be rational, jealousy. But first you have to deal with the irrational. Figure out if it's rational. And then you can decide how you want to move forward.
2: Right, right.
0: Yeah. So as you said, looking at the jealousy and then being able to calm yourself down. So how long did it take you to get to this place of, I'm punching glass to, I'm now thrilled that my... Man, it's not it be probably alone. took
2: me only a couple of years, but that's you know that's a long time. Only a few windows. Yeah, I never did the window again, mm-hmm. but it was few years in terms of re- well, that hurts. That was just <laughs> silly of <laughs> retraining myself for the what process I go through when I start to feel that. So once you see what you're telling yourself, then you can start doing this. What I call trading up. Like if I'm thinking he shouldn't be talking to her because That's threatening to us. I'm like, well, wait a second. I'm going to reframe that for myself. He knows her. She's a friend of his. This is okay. I want this to be okay in my life. I want to be the kind of person who's okay with my partner having friends of the opposite gender. Mm -hmm. And I want to keep telling myself that is that's the belief I want to hold. You can do this little exercise when you hold that belief and see how would you have behaved in that situation if you'd held that belief instead. I love that. We had
0: somebody on our show a couple of years ago. Actually, Christian wasn't on for this episode, but he had like six tools for calming anxiety. And the one that I happened to take on for myself that I really love is he would say this phrase. He would say, prove it in court. How would you prove it in court? And it's a way to sort of make yourself laugh for a second when you're feeling things that are a bit crazy, but then it's literally looking logically at it. How can you convince a jury that this is true? Right. So then you're looking at the facts in front of you rather than the emotions, which are loosey goosey. And I I loved that. I mean, it's, it's very much what you're saying, but I think it's like one trigger sentence that can also really help people just like step out of it for a second and then evaluate things properly.
2: Right. Right. So a couple of years later, by a couple of years, I was to the point where, you know, when you're sitting with your date in a restaurant and you notice them. Oh, an attractive woman looked in. So I'm going to talk about it from my perspective. Oh, I noticed him noticing this attractive woman, but he's uncomfortable about noticing it because he doesn't want me to notice it's noticing him. So he does what I call this guilty eye dart thing. Oh my God, she's so beautiful, but I'm not supposed to look. I'm only supposed to look at the person I'm with. When I would notice my date doing that, I would say, hey, you don't need to do that with me. If you see a beautiful woman walking in, I'm totally okay if you take a look. More than that, this is... What I got back from guys after they got over that I was telling them the truth is like, oh, my God, this is so relaxing to be with. And I'm not talking about the kind of person who would do that every 10 seconds and ignore me. I'm not talking about talking about normal. We're all interested in attractive people. We all notice them all the time.
0: I have that with my husband as well. We're walking down the street and there's a woman with big boobs that walks by both of us. And I have a smile on my face and I, cause I know he's looking, but he's trying not to look. And I'm like, I see them too. Don't yeah. worry.
2: You don't have to not look. Right. And that makes men want to be with you because you're the person who's not going to make them not be who they are. I didn't want a guy I was dating to only feel comfortable to be themselves when they're out with somebody else and not with me.
0: I love that. Well, let's take a quick break. And then I want to talk about how to do that on the reverse for women and to help guys understand like what jealousy and a jealous guy triggers in women. We will be back after this break.
1: Our partners at Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that baseball is back, and the start of the Major League Baseball season is finally here. So BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts.
0: This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg.
1: In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself what is it you want? Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all.
0: If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting, or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod slash flirty and you'll find out all about it.
1: So now that we're heading out of cuffing season, which is that season where women want the guy to keep them warm at night so they're a little bit more easygoing or flexible on who they'll date, you're going to need to step up your game. And part of stepping up your game is stepping up your banter game. So many times guys lose out on girls because they don't know how to be fun, witty, engaging, clever, while also being down to earth and creating a real connection. So if you don't want to lose out on the chick because you don't know how to communicate and you're just boring and flat, then take a couple banter sessions with me. I promise you, your dates will go through the roof. Not just because you're throwing them up there because you're so muscular, but the actual number count is going to go up, I promise. So go to kristenandchill.com, scroll down, click banter and choose your package to get those banter skills in shape where this summer it's gonna be a lot easier for you to get the girl. And if you email me at kristenandchill.com, I may even send you a discount code so you can get these world-class skills at a discounted price. That's kristinandchill.com.
0: All right, we are back. I want to talk about women, how they view jealousy, jealous men. Like, yes, women are jealous. Women can be jealous. We'll get to that in a second about how to calm those nerves down. But I'm going to ask Kristen, actually. If you are with a guy who acts jealous, what do you think of it? For some
1: reason, it's really gross. It's a turnoff. It's like the equivalent of like a booger in his nose. Yeah. There's just something about it that is ick, because I think it shows a lack of confidence, Not that when you have a booger in your nose, you have no confidence because <laughs> you're, you're unaware of it. This is something that you can be aware.: well, You of. should lack
0: confidence if you have a booger in your nose, but
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it is insecure looking. It's all of the things that women don't want in a man. And so it shows such, I don't know, sexiness if, for example, a guy that I know came up to me and the guy I was seeing, if we were out and sitting at a table, and I knew him and he came up to say hi, and the guy I was with was cool to him, was Uh cordial, befriended him, him, was nice, and then didn't give me a hard time afterward, boom, Uh turn on. I have dated yeah. in the past where it's been the opposite, where the reaction has been an overreaction and I have just gone, you know what? That was such a bad display of whatever internally is going on with you that I don't want to be part of it. So even though I understand
0: it's natural,
1: when you can control it, it's very sexy. I'll tell
0: you that when I first started dating, my I'm a very, or I was a very touchy person. I got along better with guys than I did with girls. I was new to Los Angeles when I first started dating my husband. And when I was out, I liked to connect with people. That's who I am. It's who I continue to be, but it's a little bit more tailored now, I would say. But I remember being out with my husband. We were at a bar with all of his friends and he was playing pool. And I ended up meeting this guy at the bar. I wasn't attracted to him. I wasn't into him. I didn't want to sleep with him. I just really liked him. I was having a great conversation with him. I probably like touched his shoulder in some way. He probably touched my shoulder in some way. And I remember Jordan getting so upset by that. And I hated it. I didn't talk to him for a week afterwards. I think we actually broke up right after that happened because I was like, no, 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 no. First of all, you don't know anything that's going on with me, but this is who I am as a person. I'm not going to stop this behavior. This is how I connect with the world. Like, I like this about me. And it took a lot of conversations between the two of us to get to a better place where he could be more calm about that. But prior to this, he had had two girlfriends cheat on him. So I could understand where he was coming from. He could then understand where I was coming from. But in that moment, it was like a, nope, I'm not going to be with this person if they react this way. This is a no-no and a huge turnoff, total turnoff.
2: What I like about that is it shows that if you can have the conversation... If both people are able to sit down and say, what went on? What were the dynamics in force here? You've got some triggers from your past yeah. and I've got some legitimate, just like you said, Kristen, like they, this is a show that you are insecure and that turns me off a confident person is not going to feel bad about me talking to somebody else. They're going to be totally fine with that.
0: Or they're going to express that they're not.
2: Exactly. Or they're going to share with me what's up for them and what's coming up for them. And if they're saying to me, you should never talk to another guy, blah, 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 I'm so out of there. Because it's not only insecurity, there's a threat of future violence in that. I agree. Well, there's an episode of Sex and
1: the City, which I know obviously all our male listeners are very aware of, because they all love sex in the city. Just kidding. My husband watches it. He loves it. <laughs> you might be dating a homosexual. I'm just kidding. Probably. <laughs> we're married to him. Where Charlotte is on a date with this guy who seems like a great catch. I think he went to like Yale. He's really put together. And I don't know who comes up to their table when they're eating. Oh, yeah. I think it's just some guy bumps into her chair or something. And the other guy, or the guy that she's on a date with, Basically, gets in a fight and punches the guy. And not that that's necessarily jealousy, but it's an overreaction. And it's this display of male dominancy, if I'm saying that right. Dominance. Dominance. Dominance, Thank you. That goes overboard. And so, when it goes overboard, that's when women, I think, find it to be
0: unattractive. For sure. Well, in that same episode, the first time that they met, somebody was being a jerk to her. And that guy, came up and just said like, hey, you know, the lady doesn't want this, blah, blah, blah. And he was being kind. And then the other guy pushed back at him and he punched him. And so she was like, oh, you're my hero. That's amazing. But then they went out again. Right, and right. And he like, yeah. So that's what happened. And then he punched, punched again. it was like, wonderful. I was like, my knight in shining armor because he was calm and then escalated it appropriately. But then I remember, I just watched this actually like a couple of months ago. And she goes, I realized I wasn't dating my Prince Charming I was dating like Mr. Aggressor or whatever it was, like a guy who likes to fight. That's all that it was. And so she was like, no, no, no no more. Ended it right there. But like, I totally agree with what you're saying. Like at a certain level, it's appreciated, but not at the level that we've been speaking about for most of this podcast.
2: Right. Because at a certain level, you're talking about, I just want to protect you and take care of you. That's different from I feel threatened by you having any interaction with someone else. Yes. So, And what does it do? I'm going to just talk in general about two men that I have coached recently whose jealousy destroyed the relationship because they were so worried about whatever their girlfriend was doing at any time. I want to know who you're seeing. I want to know who you're texting. There was no reason. There was nothing but their own insecurities or past histories to be behind this behavior. And The women, like, I don't want anything to do with you. This is not fun for me to live like this and have you suspicious constantly of what I'm doing. Like you're underfoot.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. And then it leads to a feeling of control because it's, I want to see, you know, who you're talking to, what time are you going to be back? You know, it leads to all those types of things. And obviously in this day and age that we live in, And even before, women don't want to feel like they're under the thumb of someone. They want to feel like they're equals. Mm. And so the jealousy can then turn into that, like unequal feeling of I'm in control. I'm controlling your behaviors. You are submissive to me.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about how to communicate this jealousy on both sides, right? So for your situation that you talked about on the first half of the show, where the guy was just friends with the girl... How could he have communicated that to you in a better way to help you?
2: Right, right. To anticipate that this might be something that I'm going to be uncomfortable hearing, that you're just going to go call up an ex-girlfriend that I know nothing about. I mean, I would be
0: triggered by that too. You don't want to go, I'm going to call an ex-girlfriend. Right. "Uh, What? Who is (laughs) that? Yeah.
2: A better way for him to have gone about it is to explain himself more, saying, this is super, super important to me. I really wanted to take you tonight because this is something of, that I love that I could share with you. It was really exciting to me that I got these tickets. I couldn't believe a friend was giving these to me. I would really, really want you to go. I really want you to go with me. If we go and you don't like it, we'll leave. If he had given me more than just, I'm going to invite this girl mm-hmm. instead of you because I got to go.
0: how does he bring up the debbie part like how would he then say okay well i'm gonna bring my friend like how what is the better way
2: you're right i mean these tickets this is 300 dollars tickets i don't want them to go to waste i'm gonna call a friend of mine who would love to go to this concert with me does he have to tell me her name's debbie does he have to tell me in that moment that she's an ex-girlfriend he probably didn't need to say that no Definitely not. But then, when you found out, would then you feel find out? mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm still going to be jealous. So right. So I'm back to how can I deal with that? But but for him, would he say, "I want to talk to you about my friend that I'm going
0: to the concert with. I want to let you know."
2: Yeah, I guess definitely. If there were more time, right? If he called me up earlier in the day to start this conversation, would have probably been good than to wait just before the concert starts. And then he would have had time to say, if you don't want to go, I really want to go with a friend of mine. We go to shows when we can together. You know, it's Debbie, my ex-girlfriend. We're just friends. We do this frequently. All of that might have helped. I mean, the state I was in, who knows, but. Right. I mean, but that's a good starting point. That's the whole Mm -hmm. thing. You know, everybody's going to interpret
0: whatever they want, however they're going to. It's all about getting back to a good place. And hopefully through communication, you can do that.
2: And before, if you're a man and you've had problems with your own jealousy in the past, you want to work on that now before you get into another relationship. So we can take a look at, I want to talk about the incidences. Let's go through the incidences you've had and let's look at your behavior and analyze what you were telling yourself. That's always key when we're talking about irrational jealousy. What are the messages you're giving yourself and how are those messages making you feel? Because number one, that helps you take responsibility when you see that, wait a second, it really is my thought process that's causing this whole avalanche to ensue so that if I can delve down into the different, I I would ask them to actually make a note of each time you remember this jealousy coming up, what was happening at that time, what were you telling yourself? If you can't remember what you were telling yourself, make it up because you're going to be pretty close. Right, exactly. It doesn't have to be accurate. So when I started doing my own coaching for the
0: first time, I had this exercise that a woman gave to me that I actually now have a part of many of my programs. And it was called Taming Your Gremlin or How to Tame Your Gremlin. It was like a big thing before with, oh God, well, it doesn't matter, but like that huge coaching program for self-help. Anyway, and so she had given me the exercise and I obviously rolled my eyes at it because I thought it was wacko. But then... I totally got it. So the exercise is you want to be able to see this gremlin, this gremlin that keeps whispering in your ear these things that are holding you back, right? So first thing is to figure out what this gremlin is saying to you. What's the sentence that's going over and over and over again? Then after you hear this voice, you want to identify your gremlin. Give it a visual so that it's not like this lofty grand idea that can just expand to however far it wants to. It's something tangible in front of you that you can contain. And so I remember leaving my coach's office and I I went home that night and she had said, you know, when you're brushing your teeth, look in the mirror and say, I want to see my gremlin tomorrow. And I did. I was like, okay, I want to see my gremlin tomorrow. And I laughed at it the entire time. And I swear, I woke up the next morning, I was brushing my teeth and there was this little gremlin sitting on top of my faucet. I've told this before on this podcast, but this little thing that looked like Estelle from Friends, if anybody ever watched that show, like Joey's agent who just smokes cigarettes and had like a big beehive hairdo. And it was this little green gremlin saying, you're not good enough, you're not good enough. And I was like, oh my God, this is the thing that's telling me I'm not good enough. It's not like God or like this all-encompassing thing. So everything that you're talking about, about like looking at it, putting a label on it, identifying the sentence, it's so important. And in people. because moving forward from there, whenever I would hear this voice, I didn't let it keep talking for days and weeks. I would look at it and pat it on the head and tell it to shut up. <laughs> like that's what I would tell it to, because it was just this little thing that was controlling me in some way. Right, Like that helps me so much.
2: Right, right. And another thing you can add on to that is you want to come up with replacement ideas, replacement beliefs, instead of these tapes we've been running, you know, that the woman I'm with shouldn't do X. Yes. In the moment, we want to have those beliefs with us already prepared that, no, it's okay for a woman I'm with to look around at other men. This is okay. This is normal. I want her to feel comfortable around me. I don't want her to suddenly have to start acting differently because she's with me. Well, should there be certain boundaries that you have for yourself? Well, like I said, I wouldn't want to be with somebody who is constantly dismissing me and not paying any attention to me. And to me, that's obvious. Like I want somebody who's respecting me, is happy to be with me and all of that. So I'm not saying we don't want that. It's in addition to that, I want somebody who's also comfortable to be themselves. I don't want a man who feels like he's got to wear blinders when he's out with me. It's no fun. It's way more fun when we can say, hey, my God, look at that waitress. She is just so hot, right? So much more fun for both of us.
0: Yes, totally. I love it. Okay, you've given so much amazing, amazing information. I want to tell people about your book that you have. I want to tell them where to find out more information about you. Actually, why don't you do it? You plug yourself. Tell them everything about you.
2: Yeah, our first book is called The Soulmate Experience, and it really is Two parts, how to get ready to be in that kind of connected relationship where you could use jealousy as an exciting thing between you. I like that. And the new book that will be coming out in a couple of months is called Wild Monogamy. And it's about how to keep a committed monogamous relationship exciting. And this is one of the tools. And we didn't get to have time to talk about how to actually harness the power of jealousy But once you have control over it, you can start using it and you can start doing fun things together that generate a little bit of what I like to call just enough jealousy, just enough to get me going. I love it. Well, we'll have to have you
0: come back and talk about that because I think that that's so fascinating. So again, thank you so much for coming on to our show. And I'm glad that we covered this topic like so in depthly. That's not the right word, but you know what I'm talking about, like so much that we covered, which we've never talked about before. So thanks for coming on. And thanks, Kristen for being on as well and kind of covering my butt when I thought I wasn't going to be able to come on to this show, but then was able to come on to this show. New episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at five o'clock Pacific. Please go and subscribe to our show and share our show with other men that you think could use this information. I bet you there's going to be a lot of sharing happening from this episode specifically. You're awesome. See you next week.